Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I am Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's good to be with you for day 712 as we're in Isaiah 30. We are approaching halfway through this wonderful book of Isaiah um, and we're here in chapter 30 with a very powerful message for the people of God and something that we need to hear today. So let's pray and ask the Lord to write this word on our hearts. Father, we are your children. We are your people. We are your holy nation called by your name, called to glorify and enjoy you, called to worship you. We need you. We are so easily distracted by and enticed by the things of the world. Turn our hearts away from those things. Teach us your truth today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You see the title there, Do Not Go Down to Egypt. Isaiah 30. Ah, stubborn children, declares the Lord, who carry out a plan, but not mine, and who make an alliance, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, who set out to go down to Egypt without asking for my direction, to take refuge in the protection of Pharaoh, and to seek shelter in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore shall the protection of Pharaoh turn to your shame, and the shelter in the shadow of Egypt to your humiliation. For though his officials are at Zoan, and his envoys reach Hanes, Everyone comes to shame through a people that cannot profit them, that brings neither help nor profit, but shame and disgrace. An oracle on the beasts of the Negev. Through a land of trouble and anguish, from where come the lioness and the lion, the adder and the flying fiery serpent, they carry their riches on the backs of donkeys and their treasures on the humps of camels to a people that cannot profit them. Egypt's help is worthless and empty. Therefore, I have called her Rahab, who sits still. And now go. Write it before them on a tablet and inscribe it in a book that it may be for the time to come as a witness forever. For they are a rebellious people, lying children, children unwilling to hear the instruction of the Lord, who say to the seers, do not see, and to the prophets, do not prophesy to us what is right. Speak to us smooth things, prophesy illusions, leave the way, turn aside from the path. Let us hear no more about the Holy One of Israel. Therefore, thus says the Holy One of Israel. Because you despise this word and trust in oppression and perverseness and rely on them, therefore this iniquity shall be to you like a breach in a high wall, bulging out and about to collapse, whose breaking comes suddenly in an instant. And its breaking is like that of a potter's vessel that is smashed so ruthlessly that among its fragments not a shard is found with which to take the fire from the hearth or to dip up water out of the cisterns, 
For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. But you were unwilling. And you said, No, we will flee upon horses. Therefore you shall flee away. And we will ride upon swift steeds. Therefore your pursuers shall be swift. A thousand flee at the threat of one. At the threat of five you shall flee, till you are left like a flagstaff on the top of a mountain, like a signal on a hill. Therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you, and therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. For a people shall dwell in Zion, in Jerusalem. You shall weep no more. He will surely be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. As soon as he hears it, he answers you. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teacher will not hide himself any more, but your eyes shall see your teacher, and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left, then you will defile your carved idols overlaid with silver and your gold-plated metal images. You will scatter them as unclean things. You will say to them, Be gone! And he will give rain for the seed with which you sow the ground and bread, the produce of the ground, which will be rich and plenteous. In that day your livestock will graze in large pastures, and the oxen and the donkeys that work the ground will eat seasoned fodder, which has been winnowed with shovel and fork. And on every lofty mountain and every high hill there will be brooks running with water. In the day of the great slaughter, when the towers fall, Moreover, the light of the moon will be as the light of the sun, and the light of the sun will be sevenfold as the light of seven days, in the day when the Lord binds up the brokenness of his people and heals the wounds inflicted by his blow. Behold, the name of the Lord comes from afar, burning with his anger, and in thick rising smoke his lips are full of fury and his tongue is like a devouring fire. His breath is like an overflowing stream that reaches up to the neck to sift the nations with the sieve of destruction and to place on the jaws of the peoples a bridle that leads away. You shall have a song, as in the night when a holy feast is kept, and gladness of heart as when one sets out to the sound of the flute to go to the mountain of the Lord, to the rock of Israel. And the Lord will cause his majestic voice to be heard and the descending blow of his arm to be seen in furious anger and a flame of devouring fire with a cloudburst and storm and hailstones. The Assyrians will be terror-stricken 
at the voice of the Lord when he strikes with his rod, and every stroke of the appointed staff that the Lord lays on them will be the sound of tambourines and lyres. Battling with brandished arm, he will fight with them. For a burning place has long been prepared. Indeed, for the king it is made ready, its pyre made deep and wide, with fire and wood in abundance. The breath of the Lord, like a stream of sulfur, kindles it. Well, there's a lot happening here in chapter 30. Some wonderful promises, some powerful action, and some very sobering warnings. The very first thing that we see here is that the Lord is addressing his people as stubborn children. Why stubborn? Because they're carrying out a plan that's not God's plan. They're making alliances that are not led by the Holy Spirit. What are they doing? They're looking to Egypt. They're looking to Egypt for help, for resources, for strength, for horses and chariots, and an army to deliver them from the Assyrians. They're not trusting in the Lord. They're looking to human, political alliances for help against their external enemy, and they are not looking to the Lord. Can we hear this? Can we, can we, the modern American evangelical church, Forest Hill Presbyterian Church, whatever church you go to, can we hear this? God is rebuking his people for going after earthly political alliances to bring them deliverance from their external enemies rather than trusting in the Lord. And it's Egypt, their former place of slavery, the place where they lived in bondage for 400 years. They're looking to Egypt. And God is very clear, the protection of Pharaoh shall turn to your shame. The shelter in the shadow of Egypt shall be your humiliation. When God's people put their trust in earthly political alliances and earthly political saviors, it is to our shame and our humiliation. For two reasons. One, it shows that we don't really trust God. Oh, we say we do, but we're not really trusting God. And two, this earthly political help always fails us and always leaves us exposed. And it's like, that's what you were trusting in? So, uh, this Egypt didn't help. <laughs> in case you don't know from history, Egypt did not help Judah and Jerusalem. God did. God came to the rescue in a very powerful way. We talked about it yesterday. There's reference to it very specifically in today's passage. All of Isaiah is kind of building up to this climactic moment that's coming in just a few chapters now. But Egypt didn't help. Egypt's help is worthless and empty, verse 7 says. But what does God say? What does God say? Does God say, you're rebellious, you're looking to earthly help, therefore I'm never going to have anything to do with you ever again? No, he doesn't say that. God is so abundantly and miraculously and stupendously gracious to his people. 
He's very honest about how his people are. Verse 9, they're rebellious people. They're lying children. They're children unwilling to hear the instruction of the Lord. They're saying to the seers, don't seer, don't see, don't seer, don't see. And to the prophets, don't prophesy. And they're saying, let us hear no more about the Holy One of Israel. Because the prophets are saying, trust in the Holy One of Israel, the Lord God Almighty. He's the Holy One of Israel. And they're saying, I don't want to hear anything more about that. They probably are saying things like, oh, don't use your religion as an excuse for not being practical. You've got to do the practical things that are really going to make a difference. Yeah, we believe in Yahweh like everybody else, but but you're not being practical. That's called despising the word of God and trusting in oppression and perverseness. But despite the fact that they're doing all of this, despising the word of God, this is what God says to them in verse 15. Thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel. In returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. But you were unwilling. God is still willing to be gracious. Just return to the Lord and rest in the Lord. Be quiet and trust in the Lord. And you'll have salvation. You'll have strength. Later, in verse 18, Therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you, and therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. God's grace is amazing. It's patient. It's tender. It's calling to his people again and again. Trust in me. Trust in me. Listen to verse 20. Though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teacher will not hide himself anymore, but your eyes shall see your teacher. Hmm. Jesus came and walked among his people in Jerusalem, in Ariel, this city that is looking to Egypt in hundreds of years' time, but Jesus would come and he would walk among them. But even before that, they would see the Lord work in this powerful way, delivering them from the Assyrians. That is very specifically prophesied that the Assyrians are going to be destroyed. But What's the lesson for us? Well, Jesus is coming again. And every eye will see him on that day. The name of the Lord, Jesus, comes from afar. And on that day, he will bring full and final justice. He will come. And I love this language of uh, this this future wonderful time that's coming in verses 25 and 26. On every lofty mountain and every high hill, there will be brooks running with water in the day of great slaughter when the towers fall. So it's a time of judgment when God casts down the nations, but it's also a time of refreshment when God comes to the rescue of his people. Listen to verse 26. Moreover, the light of the moon will be as the light of the sun, and the light of the sun will be sevenfold as the light of seven days in the day when the Lord binds up the brokenness of his people and heals the wounds inflicted by his blow. 
the Lord is coming again. He is coming again to heal up our brokenhearted and wounded souls and our brokenhearted world. He's going to judge the nations. He's going to cast down all enemies. His majestic voice will be heard, verse 30 says. The descending blow of his arm will be seen. Now, he gave a preview of that with the scattering of the Assyrians. But when Jesus comes again, it's going to be cosmic. It's going to be global. It's going to be final. It's going to be ultimate. And that day is coming. And just as in Isaiah's day, the message from God was, don't look to earthly political alliances for your help. Trust in the Lord. Be quiet and trust in him. Return to him and rest in him. He waits to be gracious to you. He will deliver you. So it is today. And even if we die, even if we are persecuted and imprisoned and put to death, or we lose our job, or we lose our social standing, or we lose our rights, even if everything should be taken away from us, when Jesus comes again, he will make it right. Do we believe that? That's not just pie in the sky by and by. That is reality. That is more real than whatever the cable news shows are selling you in their fear-mongering because they're trying to drive up their ratings and generate more ad revenue. It's more real than whatever it is you're reading on social media that's causing you to click and causing you to be horrified and, and getting you to generate again more ad revenue. It's really what it's all about. You know that. Just as Egypt had an interest in wanting an alliance with Judah because they saw Judah as something that would buffer them from the Assyrians, so the world, when it fearmongers or when it recruits, it has it has a goal for wanting the people of God on their side because they wanna they want to use us for their purposes. Are we gonna be used by the world? Or are we going to wait on the Lord? Are we going to fear man and be driven by the fear of man into alliances that are not from God? Or are we going to trust in the Lord and be faithful to him? I believe this is so pressing and so urgent. We need to hear it. It's so plain here in Isaiah 30. We need to hear it. We need to receive it. We need to believe it. We need to live it. Let's pray. Father, you have made us your own dearly loved children because of your grace, because of your kindness, because of your love for us. Not anything we did, not anything you need from us. You've promised to be our salvation. You've promised to be our shelter. You've promised to be our hope and our help. May we look to you and worship you and trust you, and speak the truth in love, and confidently, joyfully wait for you. Give us this grace, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, it's a powerful word from Isaiah 30. Tomorrow, we're going to look to the Psalms, and we're going to pick up Psalm 105. Hope you can join me for that. And as always, I do hope you have a blessed day in the Lord.